Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. And I want to continue today talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got a really good word for you today on how the Holy Spirit wants to help us. But let's turn to two passages real quick. John 14 in verse 16. Now I want to say this to you if you're here today. We have these books on a table right by each door. And they're for each of you. They're free. And both of these books are about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why it's important to pray in tongues. And we believe that as a church, we're a spirit-filled church. We don't apologize for it. We also don't think we're better than everybody else for it. But we believe that every believer, it's God's will that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have a personal prayer language. We believe it's for everybody. And so we wanted to make this available for you guys. There's two books. There are many books. They're easy to read by Kenneth E. Hagan. It's for everybody. So everybody can take one. They're, they're on the tables, on the back area, on those tables. And one's called Why Tongues, and the other one is called The Bible Way to Receive the Holy Spirit. So they're for everybody, and they're free. So if you're still here after last week, and you're like, I still don't know about this, that's okay. Read these books. Reread these books. You have to go at your own pace. If you try to get spirit-filled and you're still unsure, it's probably not going to happen because you don't have faith for it you got to wait till you're fully convinced that it is for you and then receive the Holy Spirit and then it will work. And so there, there's no judgment, but I want to get stuff like this into your hands that you can read and reread so you're established in the fact that you need to know that it's God's will that we are spirit-filled and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In tongues, it's not weird. It's not crazy. Uh, it's a heavenly language that God gives us all who receive the Holy Spirit. And it's for us to help us in our personal, private, devotional life. It's for us. So, why tongues and how to receive the Holy Spirit? It's free. So you can take it. John, for one person. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anybody else want to say anything? Okay, you're welcome. All right, all right. Let's turn to John 14 and verse 16. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're reading your Bible, this is red letter. So Jesus speaking this about the Holy Spirit. He said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Now we're living in those days. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now let's turn over to John chapter 16. Still Jesus speaking about the spirit in verse five. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask where you're going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But notice what Jesus said about the spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Stay with me here. Notice what the, when the Spirit comes, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And of sin because they do not believe in him. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the rule of this world is judged. 
In verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take the Spirit of God, will take what is mine and declare it to you. Can I get amen this morning? Hey, if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Your Divine Advantage. Your Divine Advantage. Now, both of these passages are Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. Speaking of the Spirit of God that would come after he went to the cross and he resurrected and he, he left his disciples and he told them to wait until the Spirit of God is poured out. And Jesus, speaking about the Holy Spirit, kept using this word, and it's translated in English as the helper. When the helper comes. When the helper comes. And today I want to focus on how the Holy Spirit wants to help you. Anybody want to know that? Because I'm like, that's cool. I got the Holy Spirit. I'm going to heaven. But most believers don't know how the Holy Spirit practically actually wants to help you in your everyday life. Not just on Sundays. Every day, every moment, every hour, the Holy Spirit is sent to you. And Jesus referred to him as the helper. I don't know about you, but I could use some help. Anybody else could use some help? Like you could, you could use some help in your body and in your mind and at your job and in your family and in your relationships. I could use some help. Good news today. When we got the Holy Spirit, he came to be our helper. Now, now we're going to get more into this about what that word means in the original language because there's many different ways that the Holy Spirit wants to help us. But we need to understand, first of all, that he is our helper and he wants to Help us. But here's something about the Holy Spirit of God. He's not going to override your will to help you if you don't want help. And a lot of people resist his help. A lot of people don't believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, so they act like, no, I got this. When the Holy Spirit wants to help you, but if you don't receive him as your helper, he won't help. Even though he has all power and all strength and he's all-knowing and he could help you, if you don't receive him as that, he won't be that to you. Now, I was thinking about this and um, Natalie, my daughter, several years ago when we were trying to learn to ride bikes, you know, when kids get a little bit older, they don't want mom and dad to help anymore. And this one time we were at this really open, massive parking lot. So, you know, it would be safe. And she kept trying and failing and trying and failing. But, oh, dad can't touch the, the, the handrails, right? Don't touch my bike, dad. I don't need help, dad. But she didn't need help. Because she kept failing and she kept getting hurt. And finally she said, okay, dad, I need help. 
And once she started getting help, she started learning how to ride her bike. But how many of us do that to the Holy Spirit? No, I'm good. And he's like, you're failing. You're falling off. You're getting hurt. What are you doing? Like, I could help you. But, but he respects your will. So if we're going to keep resisting him like we know better when we don't, he won't override us and come in and swoop in and help us and heal us and do all this stuff for us, even though he wants to, even though he knows we need help, unless we allow him to help us. And, and some of us are just as stubborn as Natalie is. As a kid saying, no, I don't need any help. When the parent is like, oh, you need help. And you're not going to get this until you get help. How much the Holy Spirit knows that about us. And just because you're 42 now, you still need help. Just because you're 57 now, you didn't outgrow help. Just because you're 68 doesn't mean you don't need help anymore. No, the Holy Spirit wants to be our helper. He wants to be our helper. And isn't that the hardest thing for a parent is knowing your children need help and they won't let you. How much more God filling that towards us, his children, and we don't let him. This is a side note about your children growing up. This week, just to be humbled this week by my own daughter, I got disinvited from a um, field trip. Now, this has nothing to do with my message. I'm just sharing this with you because I want moral support. Because she doesn't need my help anymore. So this is how it went. They were going to go to Charlestown State Park. I'm thinking, what? Of all field trips, I would thrive. I would be the best parent at this field trip. All the rest of the kids are going to be like, this guy's a park ranger out here. I'd live there. I'm like, Natalie, we've been waiting for this field trip forever. Daddy's going to be the best dad at Christian Academy. But this is what it kept getting, like a couple of weeks leading up to this disinvitation. Because she already invited me. I was already going. I've been with her other field trips. I loved it. I had more fun than she did. I didn't like field trips when I was in school, but I love them now. Squire Broom Caverns, love it. Science Center, love it. Couldn't care less when I was a kid. I'm going to get back to the Holy Spirit, but let me tell you this so you can encourage me. We're, we're going to go to Charlestown State Park, Dad. It's the, best, it's the best field trip we could ever choose. If you wanted your dad to stand out as the best dad around, that's the trip for me to go on. But leading up to the trip, because we're talking about, you know, sometimes your kids don't let you help. They start getting a little too big for their britches. She's nine and a half now. and She's already trying to hit a little preteen phase. Help us, Jesus. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't believe in praying in tongues, get a teenager. You'll want to read this book. You don't get it yet because you don't have teenagers. The person the most against being spirit-filled. Oh, you go start talking in tongues. All right. But I was getting the hints for a couple weeks. She kept saying, so, Dad, you know about this field trip? So, like, when we go on it, you're going to let me hang out with my friends, right? Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to crowd you. I'm thinking, Natalie, I used to be cool. You know that, right? You know, people used to like me. I used to be a big deal a long time ago. 
It's been a very long time ago, but she, she kept mentioning these little subtle hints to me. And so, Dad, you know, when we go on this field trip, you're going to give me some time with my friends, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. And then I got a, I got a call last Sunday thinking the man of God after he preaches. Feeling wonderful. Nothing like your kids to humble you. Hey, Dad, you remember that field trip we were supposed to go on? Actually, I was thinking it would probably be better if you didn't go on it. And I said, well, why? Charles, it's Charles State Park. I'm going to thrive on this. I'm going I'm to probably wear a park ranger outfit. I mean, I am here for this. She said, well, you know, no one else's parents are probably coming. And then, you know, I just, I just want to be with my friends. I said, okay, all right. So I had to suck it up this past week and be humbled by my daughter. But you know what happened? After the field trip, it was on Thursday. She came back to me and she had to apologize because she said, you know what, Dad, there was all these other parents there. And I wish you would have been there because me and you know Charlestown State Park better than anybody. That's what I've been saying. We went over this ahead of time. And she came back to me and said, you know what, I could have used your help. I was there. I was willing and wanting to help her, but she didn't let me help. But we all do that to the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, adults do that more to the Holy Spirit than kids do. Because we're an adult now. We don't need anybody's help. We're financially okay. We're educated. We live in the suburbs. We're good now, God. No, you're not. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's read again in John 14, verse 16. Are you with me this morning? The Holy Spirit, we're talking about him today. How he wants to help us. John 14, and verse 16. Jesus speaking, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Notice this, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The spirit of God has come down in all his fullness since Jesus went back to heaven. At the day of Pentecost, he came and Jesus said, I will send you another. That means the same as me or unequal to me. It's not, it's not a downgrade. The spirit of God is God himself living in us and through us and upon us. And I'm going to send him to you, but I have to go first. But when he comes, what is he going to do? He wants to be your helper. Your helper. Now, let's turn over to John 16, verse 5 and 7. We're, we're building this today for where we're going. Jesus speaking again to his disciples about the Spirit. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Yeah. Now, you need to understand the context of this. Now, Jesus and his disciples are, 
they're at the prime of their ministry right now. It's been three years. They have people all over the place following Jesus. His ministry is growing. And then when it's getting really good, Jesus says, I got to go. So if you're the disciples, it says in the New King James, sorrow filled their heart. They were sad. They were probably depressed. They were grieved. They were like, what's going on, Jesus? We're at the prime of your ministry. We're going places. We're building the kingdom of God. And now you're saying you're leaving? What's going on? But Jesus kept reminding them and saying, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I cannot send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to you. Now, he said it's to your advantage. Now, how is it to our advantage that Jesus left and the Spirit came? The first obvious advantage is this. When Jesus was in the earth, he was a human being. Fully God, fully man. But Jesus could only be at one place at one time. So if you wanted to hang out with Jesus, guess what? You had to go find him in Galilee. Or you had to find him by the sea. But it's to our advantage because when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit who's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. So the Holy Spirit can be with me in New Albany, but it can be with you in Fiji. And he can be with the believer in Japan. And he can be with the believer in Nigeria. And he can be with the believer in London. And he can be with the believer in Hawaii. And he's everywhere present. We don't have to this morning to find God. We don't have to get a plane to the Middle East and go find a man, Jesus. He's not even there anymore. He's in heaven now. But we don't have to go find somebody in the Middle East and go talk to him. No, the Spirit of God, when he came, it's to our advantage because he's everywhere present. He's omnipresent. But Jesus in human form could only be at one place at one time. So it's to our advantage we go because now the Spirit of God lives in us and he goes everywhere we go. So now the Bible says we are never alone as believers. I don't care if you live alone. You're not alone if the Spirit of God's in you. The Bible would say in the book of Psalms, where can I run from your spirit? If I go to hell, you're there. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the ocean, you're there. If I go to the mountaintop, you're there. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is to our advantage because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. And that's to our advantage. Because you think about the disciples, if they needed God's help, They'd be like, where's Jesus staying at tonight? Because i got to go find him. And think about, too, there would be thousands of people waiting to talk to Jesus and to be healed by Jesus. What if you were in the back of the line and you had an emergency? It's to our advantage that Jesus went back, but he sent the Holy Spirit of God to us. Because he can be with all of us at the same time. He can listen to all of our prayers and needs at the same time. He can help every, however many 7.8 billion people on the planet at the same time. And it doesn't exhaust him because he's God and he's omnipresent. Come on, I'm preaching this morning. It's to our advantage. But I love this. Jesus said it's to your advantage or 
modern day, we'd say, you got an upgrade. You got an upgrade. That's what I don't get, you know, so many people with their cell phones. And don't get me talking about cell phones. My mom had the most ancient cell phone of all time. And finally, after a while, if you stop upgrading it, the phone just doesn't work anymore. It's like, I don't even under, the phone's like, I don't even understand this anymore. And many believers, hear me this morning, are living without the upgrade. They are satisfied with their life looking like it looks without the power of the Spirit of God. When there's an upgrade available. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage. It's to your upgrade that I go away and I send the Holy Spirit of God to you. And many people are like, well, this, this cold Christian life is really not working out for me. But have you upgraded? This Christian life is not really what I thought it was. Well, have you upgraded? Because you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. He's your helper, and you can't do anything the Bible says that you're called to do without the Spirit of God. So no wonder it's hard. No wonder it's not working. No wonder your life's not making progress. No wonder you're not into God's plan for your life because you can't do it without the upgrade. Come on now, somebody. And that upgrade is not something you earn. It's not something you work for. It's for all of us who believe. Just has to be received. The Holy Spirit of God. I mentioned this earlier a few weeks ago, but God the Father's gift to the world was Jesus. But Jesus' gift to the church is the Spirit. And he must be received. It's an upgrade that's already been paid for. Just has to go be received. You know, just like if I told you, you have a brand new car, like you're driving an old clunker, and I saw it, and I'm like... I already paid for your car. It's at Jim O'Neill Ford right now. All you got to do is go receive it. And it's an upgrade. Now, we would, we would go immediately. You would, you would leave the service right now. You would not even listen to the rest of this message. You're like, what did you say? Jim O'Neill Ford? Okay. I'll walk there if that's what it takes because it's an upgrade and it's free. And if, if you would respond that way to that kind of gift and upgrade, how much more the Holy Spirit? Who's not something you got to work for or earn. He's a gift for all of us. And it's to our advantage that we receive him. He's an upgrade. But let's think about it this way. When you have the Holy Spirit, it makes you different. And you have an advantage everywhere you go. Now, that doesn't make you better than people, but it makes you different. And I believe with all my heart, if you have the Holy Spirit, which if you receive Jesus into your heart, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have the advantage. And you need to think that way. When you go into a business meeting, you need to realize the Spirit of God's in here with me, and I have the advantage. When you go to work and you're trying to figure out the, the different things that are going on and people are like, I can't figure out a solution for this and that. Don't get, get worried about that. Realize I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have the advantage with me. 
When you go to the doctor and you hear a bad report and they say, you know, well, most people die of this. Okay, I hear you, doctor, but I have an advantage here. Because the Spirit of God lives in me. You need to expect that. You need to expect God's favor. You need to expect God's power. But not because of you being so stinking good. Or you did everything right. No, because you got the Holy Spirit. And he's your divine advantage. Now let's look again at John 14. Well, actually, let's turn over John 16. I'm sorry. In verse 7. In the Amplified. Look at what this says. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, listen to all these words given for that word helper. This describes who the Holy Spirit is. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Now, practically, I want to talk the rest of this message about how the Holy Spirit helps us. And we learn how he helps us from the words given about what he does. Now, this word helper in the original language is a word parakletos. The, the easiest, most basic definition of that is one who comes alongside to help. It's where we get the word paramedic or paratrooper. It means someone who comes alongside to help. But from that Greek word is all the rest of these definitions that describe who the Holy Spirit is in that one word. So let's put up that list. These are the words all given in the Greek language for the word parakletos describing who the Holy Spirit wants to be to you. Can we read them real quick? Because this is so good. The Holy Spirit wants to be our comforter, our counselor, our advocate, our standby, our strengthener, our helper, our intercessor, our encourager, and our friend. So I want to talk about this the rest of the time about how the Holy Spirit wants to help us practically. And I'm going to grab several of these words and tell you how the Holy Spirit can help you on an everyday basis. You guys want to know that? The first thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit is your strengthener. The Holy Spirit is your strengthener. Let's use that word. Well, how does he strengthen you? Because I know like never before, so many people are tired, weak, burned out, fatigued, frustrated, and they need some strength. Well, guess what? We have a helper, and one of his job descriptions is to be your strengthener. Look at this verse in Ephesians 3, verse 16, the Amplified. 
may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Think about that. May he grant you out of his riches to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power. But how does it come? Through his spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be your strengthener. He wants to give you strength when you don't have any more strength. Now, like I said earlier, we can resist him every day or we can receive his strength. I know every week of my life, I face things and you face things that you don't have enough strength for. And we don't need to feel hopeless about that or helpless about that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God, he wants to come help us and be our strengthener. The apostle just prayed, apostle Paul just prayed this in Ephesians, that he would give you strength and spiritual energy by his spirit. I'm telling you this morning, if you receive the Holy Spirit's strength, he'll give you strength on your worst days. He'll give you strength on your most depressed days. He'll give you strength when your body's struggling. But you got to receive him as your strengthener. But he wants to be that for you. When you have lost all strength and all power, there's another source of strength and power and help within you, the Spirit of God, that will come and quicken, the Bible says, or make alive your mortal body. Will make alive your mind. Will make alive your spirit when you've lost all your strength. That's good news this morning. Because when your strength runs out, the Holy Spirit's strength can step in and give you strength to finish what you started. I've seen it in my own life many, many times on a weekly basis, on a daily basis when I need physical strength and I drank all the coffee I could drink. Brother Joe knows what I'm talking about. I've taken every supplement I can take and I still don't have enough strength. But the Spirit of God comes on me and I got supernatural strength. That's not just for preachers. That's for all of you. I've had times where my mind was so foggy and so anxious and so depressed that I needed help and I couldn't find my way out of it. But then the Holy Spirit came and strengthened my mind. So that I could think straight and I could think right and I could go into the meeting and I could do what I was supposed to do. The Holy Spirit today, he wants to help you by being your your strengthener. He wants to help you by being your strengthener today. Do you receive that? The next one I want to talk about is the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your counselor. Now we go to a counselor for direction, for advice, 
for guidance. And you know, today, which is good, there's an emphasis on counseling and therapy. Because I think a lot of people need it. Americans are really good at trying to hide their issues. And they're self-destructing. Because of pride. It's kind of a cultural thing in this country. Like, we don't talk about our issues and we're secretly dying on the inside. It's just something we're into in this country. It's pride. So I agree that you should go to, if you need help, go to a godly pastor or a Christian counselor or somebody that can help you. But let me say this. Go to the Holy Spirit first. I'm not against going to somebody to help you. But let's go to the real source first. I think if we did, we wouldn't have the issues we do have. If we went to him to get his counsel before we got into the situation. If we got his direction before we made that decision. But the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. We don't need to go to everyone else first. We need to go to him first. And I, I think it's awesome today that we even have technology that you can have an app on your phone and there's apps like Talkspace and other apps that you could reach a counselor at really all times of day or night, which is great considering people need help. And in years earlier, they couldn't get a hold of people. But I want to tell you some good news this morning. There's going to be a time in your life that you can't get a hold of anybody on the phone. That somebody's not going to text you back. That the app's not going to be working right. What are you going to do then? The good news is this. You have a counselor who lives on the inside of you. And he can give you direction when you need direction. And he can give you guidance when you need guidance. And he can give you uh, complete counsel and understanding and wisdom for the situation you're in when you can't reach somebody by your cell phone. And the Spirit of God wants to be your counselor if you let him. What does it take? Again, it takes you being humble enough to receive his help. Not saying, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, keep driving your bike into the street. Keep wrecking. The Holy Spirit's like, no, I can help you. I can help you. I want to be your counselor if you just talk to me. We got to stop resisting him and receive the help of the Spirit. Now, I'm saying something this morning. I don't know if you're hearing it. The Holy Spirit can be trusted more than any other counselor you go to. You want to know why? Because the Bible says that he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about everything because he's God. Your counselor or your therapist only knows in part, but the Spirit of God knows everything. So he can be trusted. Now, let me give you some verses for that. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All things. 
and bring to your remembrance all the things I've said to you. Let's look at 1 John 2 and verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. Let's look at John 16 and verse 13. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. That should give you comfort when you listen to the Holy Spirit as your counselor, knowing he knows all things. And he is the spirit of truth. And it says that he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Because he's all knowing. So he can be trusted when he gives you counsel and direction and guidance and advice. Because he's God. If the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything and he lives in you, you should go to him first. Now, what the scripture is not saying is just because you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to know everything about everything. You don't need to know. Your brain would go. (laughs) Your finite brain could not handle it. But what it's saying is this. The Holy Spirit knows all things pertaining to your life. And will lead you and guide you into all truth for your life if you seek his counsel. He knows the right person to marry. That's quiet in this Methodist church. He knows the right college to go to. He knows the right university to go to. He knows the right job to take. He knows the right country to live in. He knows the right everything about your life. If we'd seek his counsel. I'm going to say something in the most loving way possible. Maybe we wouldn't have to go to a human counselor. To undo all of our bad choices. If we went to the divine counselor first. Come on now. I'm there too. I've had, I've had issues. I've had to talk to people before. But on all those situations, if I would have listened to him first, I wouldn't have got in that situation in the first place. Because he knew everything that I needed to know in the first place. And he was trying to lead me and guide me into all church, but I was being Natalie in that situation. I got it. I got it. Do you really got it? Because you don't. But he wants to lead you and guide you into all truth for your life. I'm really going to go to the next one and we're going to close. But truth is a buzzword right now in culture. Notice he said, lead you and guide you into all truth. Not your truth. Just had to go Joel Osteen on you for a second. 
Because I want to be very clear. When I say truth, that's what a lot of people in our culture are hearing, which is not truth at all. Let's just say it what it is. When, when someone says, I'm just living my truth, you're living your emotions. You're living your feelings. You're living your desires that may or may not be true. I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm saying it could go either way with that. I don't know. But when the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, when he counsels you, he's not going to lead you into just your truth. He's going to lead you into his truth, which is always right, which is always truth, which is always God's will for your life. Not just your truth, which may or may not be true. And most of the time it's not because it's just your feelings or your desires out of control and unhealthy. All right, I'll really back in because I, I was hitting a little bit too close to home to everybody in here. I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling like I want my way and my truth, I need the Holy Spirit to speak up to me and say, you're wrong, dude. Wake up. I need that. I don't know about you. Maybe you're too sensitive and soft for the Spirit of God to tell you that, but I know He loves me, and sometimes when I'm feeling like I should do this or I should go there, and I'm just thinking in my feelings, and my emotions, I'm not making wise decisions. I'm not making healthy decisions. And the Spirit of God says, wake up. Here is the real truth. Here is the real way. Here is God's will for your life. Because if you just try to live your own way and counsel yourself, you're going to end up in a wrong place. I'm not taking any of it back. The Holy Spirit, listen to me this morning, he wants to be your counselor. To guide you, to lead you, to help you, to give you direction. And he can be trusted because he knows all things about your life. And he knows all the truth about your life. He knows the true you. Not the you on Facebook. <laughs> Not the you on Instagram. The real you. And he knows what's best for you. You got to trust that. I got a few more things. The next one is the Holy Spirit. He wants to be your helper. The original word for helper is, like I mentioned earlier, parakletos, which means to come alongside to help. I love this. Kenneth E. Hagin said this about the Holy Spirit. He says, believers need to recognize the help they have. They need to be God inside minded. Hear me this morning. If you have received the Holy Spirit, the helper is not off in heaven somewhere. The helper is not far away from you. We as believers need to be conscious that the helper lives on the inside of us. And to be God inside minded. Not that we're God, but God lives in us. And our help is not in heaven. Our help is not far away. The spirit of God, the help is right here. That should encourage us all. That should strengthen us all. That should give us 
so much confidence into any situation because we're not waiting on God to come across the universe to save us. He's living on the inside of us. And the helper lives in us. We need to be conscious of that in every situation. Every situation you face, realize that the Spirit wants to be your helper. About what? About everything. About everything. How to raise your kids, he wants to help. How to get in a better position at your career, he wants to help. How to handle your finances right, he wants to help. How to have a better marriage, he wants to help. How to figure out God's plan for your life, he wants to help. With everything. Not just with the churchy stuff. And we need to be conscious that the Spirit of God is not far off. He lives in us. Being God inside minded. He comes alongside to help us. Now, are you still listening to me today? I have a few more things. But there's a, there's a balanced approach that we need to take about the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is our helper, but He's not our doer. I see a lot of believers in one ditch or the other is what it looks like. It's all God, man. It's all, it's all God, bro. And pretty much what they're saying is this. If I'm going to get into God's will or God's going to do anything with my life, he's just going to take over me and it's just going to happen. It's not true. You're going to be waiting the rest of your life and frustrated that God's not doing anything because it's not just all God, bro. That's an extreme. That's, that's not right. But then you got the group over here where it's all me. I got to do it. I got to work for it. I got to earn it. If, if I'm going to get in God's will, it's going to be work, 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 work. Chill out. Chill out. And so they're trying to do God's will, but they're doing it without the help of the Spirit, which they can't do. That's why they're frustrated. That's why they're grumpy. That's why a lot of Christians are no fun to be around because it's all me. This is wrong. It's all me. And this is wrong. It's all God. The Bible says it's this. It's the church and the Spirit working together. It's us and God co-laboring, co-working for God's will to be done in our life and in this world by his spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and be our helper, not our doer. So here's the principle we need to understand. The Holy Spirit's not going to help you if you're not doing anything. Amen. Amen. So if you're, uh, if you're sitting there playing video games all day, waiting on, well, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. And the Spirit's like, if you ain't doing nothing, I ain't helping. And I'm not helping you kill Nazi zombies on Call of Duty either. Because <laughs> that is spirit, but it ain't the Holy Ghost. Or you're just waiting at work and you're like, you know, I wish God would use me at my work. And, you know, I just want to help people at my work. And you're just sitting there in a cubicle. He ain't helping. I, I wish God would do something in my life, but you're just waiting. 
He's not going to help that. This is what the Bible says. He wants to be the helper, not the doer. But here's the promise. If you do, then he helps. All throughout the Bible, if I do, then he helps. If I step out in the job, then he helps. If I pray for the person, then he brings a healing. If I do this, God steps out. If I give in the offering, then financially he will help me. If I do, then he helps. And I don't want us to be confused as believers thinking it's, it's all on God and we're just waiting for God to do something and we live our whole life and nothing happens because we're just not giving the Spirit anything to help. And also, we're not going to be in this ditch where it's all me and we're just trying to work and earn it and do it and we're not getting anywhere because the Spirit of God's not helping us because we're resisting Him like, no, I got it. I could do it. The Bible says He wants to be your helper, not your doer. But you have to give him something to help. When you do, then he helps. The Bible in Hebrews says that he's an ever-present help in time of need. The Holy Spirit wants to be your helper. I have two last things. Can you handle two last things? Come on, you'll, you'll still be uh, the Baptist at Golden Corral. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. And if you're eating at Golden Corral, you probably need the message on healing more than you do. More, more than you need the message on the Holy Spirit. Now, this doesn't apply to you eating at Golden Corral. When I do, then he helps know he can't override your... You're tempting the Lord with that. The good news is you have COVID antibodies if you've eaten there in the past 10 years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is the word good this morning? Isn't that good this morning? All right. The Holy Spirit wants to be your encourager. He wants to be your encourager. I don't know about you, but this world is lacking in encouragement. In the church world and the secular world. I've never seen so many hateful, mean, argumentative Christians and non-Christians alike in my entire life. The workplace is lacking in encouragement. The family is lacking in encouragement. The church world is lacking in encouragement, and it should not be that way. The Holy Spirit, one of his job descriptions as your helper, is he's your encourager. But how does the Spirit of God encourage you? Well, he speaks to you about who you really are and what God has called you to be and how much God loves you. But how does he do that? Well, he reminds you of things that God has spoken to you. John 14 and verse 26 but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. Notice that. He will bring to remembrance all the things that I've said to you, which is things like who you are in Christ, what God has called you to be, how much he loves you. And he reminds you of those things by his Spirit to encourage you. 
But here's something with encouragement. You can't bring to remembrance something that you didn't put in in the first place. <laughs> you got to have some memory before you have remembrance. Now, I know this because I grew up in church my whole life, so I knew scriptures like this. So when I went into a test at school that I didn't study for, which was 99% of them, don't get any ideas, Judah. Because I knew the scriptures, I would say, Lord, calling you up. I said, Lord, bring to my remembrance all those things about this history test or about this psychology test or about this math test. And you know what he said? You didn't put anything up in there. So there's nothing to bring back to remembrance. So the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you, but how does he encourage you practically? He brings to remembrance the things that God has spoken about you. But how do you know the things that God has spoken about you? You got to put this in your memory bank so he can bring it back to remembrance. You got to get in these scriptures because this book is God speaking to you. And it says in Peter that the Spirit of God is the one who led the writers of the Bible to write where they wrote, and the Spirit of God inspired it. So guess what? When you put the Spirit's words in you, then he can bring them back out of you when you need them the most. And he'll bring it to your remembrance. And every time he does that, he's bringing those things back up to us to encourage us. He'll bring back up these words like, no, you have authority. No, you are healed. No, God does have a plan for your life. No, Jesus does love you and he died for you. And he rose you to a new life for a purpose and a reason. He will bring back those things to your mind because he wants to encourage you in this discouraging world. But he does it through the written word. But he does it also of the things that the Spirit of God has just spoken to us that line up with the written word. Like prophecy, like when somebody prophesies over you and gives you a specific word. That's something the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of if it's from him. Like, hey, no, remember, I, I called you to do this, this, and this, and this. That's still for you, and I believe in you, and you can do this. The Spirit of God will bring it to your remembrance. He will. Listen to the way it says it in John 16, 14 and 15. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine, what is mine, the word, and he'll declare it to you. And all things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Do we have in the passion translation by chance? He will glorify me on earth for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. If you ever feel like when you get quiet, like words of condemnation and shame and guilt and depression and 
you're no good and you can't do it. And it's not from the Spirit of God. It's not. It's not from Him. It's from the enemy. Because the Spirit of God comes and He's your divine encourager. And He's going to bring to remembrance all the things that God spoke to you through His Word, written Word, but all the things that God's spoken to your spirit in your private times, in your quiet times, the things that God has told you about your future, the things that God has spoken to you that you haven't told anybody else about. He will remind you of those things when you need it the most. When you're the most discouraged, He will come and encourage you. If you let Him, the Holy Spirit wants to be your encourager. And I got one last thing, and I'm going to close. Brother Darrell, could you come up? The Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. Your friend. One last verse here. I appreciate you coming today. Did you guys get anything this morning? Thank you for listening to me. Let's do 2 Corinthians 13. In verse 14, the last thing we want to share is the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Notice how he ends this book of the Bible. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Look what way it says in the Message Bible. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The last thing I want to close with is the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. Yeah, he, he wants to be your strengthener, your counselor, your helper, your encourager, but he wants to be your friend. The Bible says that the Spirit of God now lives and abides in, in us forever. God himself. And we need to think about this this morning. Is more than anything out of this series, I want all of us in here to have a deeper friendship with the Spirit of God. If you don't get anything else I've said out of these messages, and we're going to continue talking about this on Sunday, I want you to have an intimate friendship with the Spirit of God. That's the most important thing that you can have is a true friendship with him. And that's the way Paul ended it in that chapter. He said that, that you would have communion or fellowship or friendship with the Spirit of God because he's with you forever. You know, he's with you on the way to work. A lot of us just ignore him that he's there, but he is. You should talk to him because he's your friend. When you get a lunch break, you should talk to him because he's your friend. Throughout the day, you should talk to him because he's your friend. And the closer you get, the more you know him, the more he can help you when you develop a friendship with him. But I know for all of us in there, you're like, that can be a little awkward. He's kind of invisible. Yeah, I know. He's unseen, but he's not unreal. And just like any relationship, the first time you meet somebody, it's awkward. First time you go on a date with somebody, it's awkward. Other than me, I'm cool, calm, and collected at all times. Isn't that right? <laughs>
But it takes time to have a friendship, doesn't it? It takes time to have a relationship, doesn't it? That's what I'm asking you as your pastor, that you would give the Spirit time that you could have a friendship with Him. That you could invest your time in getting to know the Spirit of God better and better and letting Him be all these things to you as your helper by spending your time with Him. Now, a long time ago, when I was at Christian Academy, I had a teacher that was a sub and I'm trying to remember her name. I can't remember it, but she was an older woman, about like 85 or 86. And her husband and her had been pastors for a long time in a spirit-filled church. I don't know how they snuck her into Christian Academy, but they did. They let a few Holy Ghost people in there. But, but she, was, she was our Bible teacher a few times, and she was a sub. And her husband had passed away. She was 85 or 86. And every time she would come into the classroom, she would say, well, let's pray. And she would start to pray like this. And, of course, back then I thought it was weird, but now I get it. She would go, good morning, Holy Spirit. And she would just start talking to him like it was her friend because it was. When I was younger, I thought, ah, that lady seems a little different to me. But now that I'm older and I realize what the Bible says about it in the Spirit of God, she was right all along. And you know, a lady like that probably lived alone. She lived by herself. Her husband had passed away. All she knew was she had the Holy Spirit, and that was her best friend. But you don't have to be 85 or 86 and to have someone pass away to do that. All of us can develop a friendship right now with the Spirit of God. And we should wake up like that. Hello, Holy Spirit. How are you? Let me tell you what's going on today. Let me tell you what my life's like. Holy Spirit, help me today. Be my helper and my counselor. And let me not just talk to you in the morning, but let me talk to you in the afternoon and at lunchtime and in the afternoon and before I lay down at night because you're not just God. You're my friend. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to be with us. And the older I've gotten, the people that talk to God like that, I admire. I don't think it's weird. I think, man, I wish I had a relationship like that. I wish I had a relationship like that. That there was that intimate that I could just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. She'd been eating breakfast with the Holy Spirit all these years talking, having a friendship together. The Holy Spirit wants to be your friend, church. But it has to be developed. You have to give time to it. And he wants to be your best friend. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.